Hey guys, I'm Rob. And I'm Ashton. And this is the We Held It Together podcast. A podcast on faith, marriage, and mental health. And a bunch of random stuff. We hope you enjoy. Hey guys, how's it going? Welcome back. Episode three. Woo! (laughs) We're excited. We are. Um, And we're going to kind of change it up today. We were going to kind of continue on with our story, but we thought we'd take an easy week. Yeah, we needed it. And, um, well, we kind of opened it up for Q&A, and so that's what we're planning on doing right now. So, number one, how did you navigate and identify triggers? Um, So this is more, I guess, for me. Yeah. Mm, That's a good question. And really that started further on with everything it did I don't feel like I feel like that was often a question that you were asked very early on is I mean I asked it um I feel like your parents asked it or even your doctors would say what do you feel like triggers you and you never really knew the answer I think now you're very quick to identify what triggers you yeah it takes a while for you to really analyze your life and your situations um to kind of come upon those Uh, I don't know if it was just not knowing what I do now or not wanting to know I'm not sure but um how do I navigate and identify triggers what were a few what can you name a few of your triggers maybe for people so they can hear them yes so a big one of mine during my darkest days was anything related to the future Um, if anybody brought up you know, where I wanted to go, what I wanted to do, kind of my life purpose, that would kind of send me down a spiral. Um, I think dealing with so much doubt with everything and feeling so lost and um, dealing with just this depression and really negative outlook on life. Yeah, for several reasons, that would really cut deep. It felt really overwhelming to you. Yeah, very overwhelming. And you know, when you are kind of under that veil, like I spoke about, and you're not able to see the light or any joy in anything, it's hard to kind of push on. And it's definitely hard to, you know, plan your life out when you're in a valley. So that would, I think people would often ask Robert, um, you know, what's your plan getting out of the army or what, um, I'm trying to think of anything else that people, you know, just even like while you were in school. So what's your, what's going to be your major? What do you want to do with your life? What career do you want to do? I mean, those are questions that everyone gets, gets asked at our age, at a young, like a young 20. Um, yeah. But I think that really overwhelmed you. And it would often send him into a negative spiral of self-doubt. But also, if he felt like he wasn't giving the answer that he needed to give. Yeah, I set the bar very high for myself. Like, I remember when I was attending um, UNC Chapel Hill, I was working at the box office for during the football season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And basically, waiting on... The wine and cheese <laughs> the crowd. The wine and cheese crowd. And that was very humbling for me. And I think it was hard because... You know, I just felt like, man, I've been through so much. I've done so much. I'm I'm married. I'm this age. And just to kind of having to go get drinks for these little rich kids. 
you know, and so to tell people that it was just very belittling. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with that. No, not at all. I think it was just where you were at. You had a lot of doubt. So I think what what was the second part of that question? So, well, to identify triggers. And I think everyone needs to do this. I think if you're dealing with depression or lows and highs or just normal human emotion, there are things that set people off. And so you need to think about that with like a fine tooth comb. I think also if you're like, like I'm married to somebody who has depression and I've learned or you struggle with bipolar disorder and I have learned triggers for Robert that maybe... I need to figure out a better way to word it or try and work through that with him in a different type of way. Now, again, I'm not perfect. And I screwed up on this royally yesterday and completely blew it. Um, so I think that it's it, wasn't takes, that bad. it takes time and practice to really, yeah, everyone's human. To really I mean. work through triggers. I think it's just it's something that we've really had to like sit down and kind of tackle together of if there is something that you've been spiraling or anxiety, we kind of work backwards and say, well, what, where do you think this started yeah. with your, and, and that's kind of how we've been able to, I think, figure things out. Yeah. And, you know, with, sorry, I realize I say, you know, a lot, I just need to <laughs> apologize for that. But when you're going back, let's say you're anxious about something, always go back and kind of figure out what is the cause. And then, you know, it sounds simple, but a pros and cons list. Mm-hmm. Write it out. Get it out of your head onto paper where you can see what it is. It kind of also can ground you a little bit it, more. It, it can ground you too. And like I said, this goes beyond someone who's, you know, deep in depression. This goes to just normal everyday life. People that are healthy, this is still skills they can use. Yeah. Where you write out pros and cons. All right, worst case scenario, best case scenario. Usually, the truth is in the middle, you know? And well, I mean, I can have anxiety here and there, and we know that something for me that I really struggle with is clutter. I don't do well with clutter or mess. I want everything to be clean and put away. And so, that's something that I have to be patient with, with my lovely husband, that sometimes he just wants to throw stuff in the sink. So, it's stuff that we both are working it's through It's weird. Together. When I was dealing with all this, I was very clean. Kind of. I, I would have these days where I'd literally be on my knees scrubbing baseboards. Yeah, I think that was po- pre-fire. Post-fire, not a chance. Yeah, maybe there's <laughs> something there. I don't know. But, um, yeah, is there any... Let's see. Well, did we cover it all? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I'm going to move on to sec- the second oh, question. Oh, I did want to mention small triggers, too, that I think a lot of people write off, is sleep and diet. Yeah. And caffeine. Caffeine. Caffeine especially. Um, we had to learn about that one. Yeah, that's taken a long time for me to accept. Yeah, like last week, long time. Dealing with alcohol insomnia. Too. Alcohol too, yeah. Insomnia. So when I do have rough nights, it normally leads to more vulnerable days. Totally. And I have to limit my caffeine intake. And th- these are all new for me. I never... While you're drinking coffee at 8 o'clock at night right now. That's true. But, you know. We'll see how the night goes. Everything we'll keep you guys posted. <laughs> um, okay, we'll move on. So, who struggles with depression? Which is kind of broad, but... Who? Yeah. 
Um, truthfully, anybody. I mean, so I just pulled up a few stats so that people can know and like understand how prevalent this truly is. 46.4% of adults will experience some sort of mental illness in their lifetime. That's almost half of adults. If you do struggle with a mental illness in your life, typically this will start, or half of them will start by age 14. Three quarters of these will start by age 24. So it's just really interesting because I can remember being asked, and I do want to do an entire episode on things that people have asked or said that maybe isn't the right thing to ask or say, but I do remember one person asking me, one, if you would ever be normal again, which I'm like, has always been Robert. He just is battling something different right now. It's not like he's If I would be ever be normal again? Yeah, somebody asked me, you know, is he going to ever be normal again? Is he ever going to be able to live a normal lifestyle? Well, if you were never normal to start with, you know. <laughs> well, I think the thing about it is, is what people don't often realize is that Jeff and Jenna at their work are also struggling with depression or mental illness, and you just don't know it. People... Don't broadcast that. While you see somebody who maybe has diabetes or something like that, taking their like checking their insulin, people who take a um, you know an antidepressant or some something along those lines are not going to be taking them in front of you. They're not going to be broadcasting yeah, that. <laughs> we don't know who Jeff and Jenna are. Those were just names that I threw out. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so I think that those are just things to remember that you never know who's sitting beside you at work. And what they're truly going through at home. Yeah. And I think it is really good to, and we've talked about this, asking people truly how they're doing if you genuinely care to ask. And if you genuinely care for somebody to tell you. Not not all the time. I don't think that. Yeah, we're all great actors. Totally. I think that's what it comes down to. Is society Human nature you, is, how you doing? Good. Good. Done. That's what society tells and you to say. a few times there were people in my life that said, no, no, no. Really, how you're doing. How are you doing? And it, it kind of hit deep. And, you know, a lot of those times I did kind of open up. Maybe not fully, but yeah. it definitely caused that. And so I went over a year putting the face on. And I think eventually I just got tired of doing that. Yeah. And that's when the isolation got really bad. Because I was just tired of playing like I'm fine totally. when I'm not. And so it's like it's easier just to be by myself yeah, and hide. Yeah, I, I, I think that that's something to keep in mind. I mean, really, if you put that into perspective, I mean, think about your friend group. Half of those people will probably be struggling with a mental illness in their lifetime. And I'm not wishing that on anybody by any means. I just want people to understand truly how large of a scale this is in our nation. In, I mean, even in your own family, it is is truly something that a lot of people face and to be aware of it, to know signs of it, to be able to reach out to somebody and say, Hey, I'm really worried about you is something that is a really big deal. Yeah. So, and there is a difference. Um, human nature, we've never liked change. So I think knowing that just about yourself or about others kind of can be a red flag in some ways because there's a difference between situational depression and clinical depression right and so or even seasonal depression or seasonal yeah that's a good point and so some of those might be more severe where you do need kind of all the pillars i.e diet exercise therapy medication and some might just be a quick change in your life 
yeah. or uh, changing up your rhythm, whatever that is. What's your next question? That's it. That's good. Um, <laughs> That's good. <laughs> let's see. Uh, what? Wait, what? Oh, what parenting is like early in marriage? Well, as a parent to dogs. Um, well, <laughs> what parenting was like? I So I guess people didn't know that we are, we do not have any children. We have two dogs, but um, we are praying for kids. We are actually um, facing infertility right now. So that is something that we have also been traveling through a little over a year now. Um, so that's been definitely another trial for us to overcome. And probably the first time I've shared that publicly. No, it's definitely the first time I've shared that publicly besides like my Bible study or our family members. Um, I don't really broadcast that everywhere. So we are facing infertility right now. And it's something that we've been working through for the past year and a half. So we hope to be parents, but we are aunts and uncles to really awesome kiddos. So to a huge family right now, that's been fun. So we'll keep you guys posted on parenting. That'll be later down the road, hopefully. Prayers up. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. Next one. How did the fire start? Another good question <laughs> that we did not discuss. It started, it was an electrical fire. So the uh, back of our house had like some French doors in it. It originally had a single door with a light, um, like an outdoor, like light. a patio light next to it. But at some point, because our house was built in 1970, 78, 79? I don't know. In the 70s, late 70s. Yeah. Um, when asbestos was really still a thing because we learned that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and when split levels were cool. Actually, they still are cool. I shouldn't have said we that. We loved our house. Um, but anyways, at some point, they switched it out for some French doors and did a really shoddy job. and Literally just tied some Yeah, cut tape. the wire, didn't de-energize it and tied some electrical tape around it so it was under the subflooring yeah it was in the threshold of the door so what was explained to us is that over time every time we would open and close that door which is where we let our dogs out every time we would open and close that door it was barking and one night which was the night of the fire um it eventually just caught and there was enough oxygen getting to it through it arced and loose holes i guess i don't really remember well there was um oh man i should know this but one of those uh vents under the house right oh yeah that's right and it was blowing air into it yeah so it had the oxygen and it got in between the wall and the brick subfloor like the brick um foundation and it just kind of took hold so it started there and we had um a deck there so it was kind of like a massive bonfire perfectly storm but (laughs) best part is we had uh just gotten a new mattress yeah so we had a two box springs and a mattress a king-size mattress leaned against just chilling out there and uh, we just moved them out the day prior yeah perfect kindling so of course yeah you know they all the firemen all kind of laughed about it because it was literally like the giant bonfire that we perfectly created two nights before so you have to laugh about that kind of stuff, but now, yeah, yeah, for sure now. But it, yeah, so it traveled up the back of the house, and then majority got into the roof. It actually blew down into the bathroom next to our master, mm-hmm. 
um, it like melted the just created more of like a vacuum in our living room kitchen and then the hallway leading up to all of the bedrooms upstairs so we had three bedrooms upstairs and a full bath in the hallway and the walls were completely coated um so the heat was just pretty insane it melted our windows it melted trying to think of what else it blew out most of our glasses that were like in the in the cabinets like a lot turned our tv into a really curved droopy tv yeah our tv just completely melted i think one of the coolest shots was taken afterwards was the um thermostat that was just completely melted like a down the wall yeah so that's how it started yeah um so here we have do you have Simply Safe's alarms now? <laughs> so, um, we stated this, I think, last episode or maybe the first one. We are not in our house again. So, um, we are in well, our, our rental house that we moved into just after the fire that we lived in for a year. We just moved out two weeks ago. Praise the Lord. Um, had its own security system. So, we didn't feel like we needed to get Simply Safe on top of that. So, we are now in an apartment. Yeah, and, and we it out. honestly feel super safe in our apartment because it's a hall-style apartment. It's not an outdoor entrance. So we haven't really felt like we needed to get a security system because we've got our two big dogs. Um, we loved Simply Safe. Shout out Simply Safe if y'all want to sponsor us. <laughs> so, um, we loved Simply Safe. They were really easy because we installed everything ourselves. They were super responsive. Um, you sound like they sponsor us, but they don't. Well, I mean, they, yeah, I mean, but we did love them. And like, yeah, they're great. Super easy. We didn't ever We have... called them and they were like, you know, so sorry for what happened. Let us know when you do get back in. We'll send you all the stuff for free. Yeah. I think the thing to mention, though, is we didn't ever have simply say fire alarms. We only had their security systems on our doors. And so that's something I do want to mention is that. The fire alarms that we had were just our basic fire alarms that we had when we moved into that house. So yeah. I don't know if things would have been different prior to. And to be honest with you, this is something that we get asked a lot, but nobody asked us this time. I did not wake up to our fire alarm going off. And I don't really remember it until... Um, I we, opened the door. Yeah, and we got... I remember when we got out, you could hear our security system alarming. But I don't really remember our fire alarms making noise but I think again it was just so loud and you're not focused on that that that's not really something that you pay attention to well I think you said it well when last episode when you said it was so loud but so quiet all at yeah, the same time it was like that's like the loudest perfect. silence yeah that's perfect that's how I remember it so I, I I don't I can't say that I remember a fire alarm going off I do remember our security system alarm we actually were able to pull up footage for the fire marshal of our living room i mean granted it was so filled with smoke that you couldn't see anything but that was kind of cool to be able to be inside of the living room and kind of see what was going on they wanted to see if we could get a start to the fire but unfortunately we that didn't happen we weren't able to do that so yeah um yeah so how much of your house did you lose was our next question um by the fire or now (laughs) (laughs) well so i think something that we also didn't think about and i mean not that we would have obviously but you don't yeah i know what you're about to say you lose just as much of your house to the fire and then more due to the firemen coming in yeah so 
because they're hosing down your entire house gallons and gallons of water your drywall all of your insulation um anything that can be well they pull soaked, it they rip it all out they, they ripped it all down and then they soak it all because they want to make sure that they've gotten the fire completely out so then they go through your entire house and they poke holes in all of your walls all of your ceilings rip, everything yeah most of the the main floor, or not most, all of the ceiling had been pulled all down. All of the ceiling, there's giant holes in like all the walls. Um, so we lost probably equally as much. The smoke damage alone is brutal, and that's what you lose everything to. It's not so much the fire, it's the smoke, because it coats it like tar, and you cannot get it off of yeah. anything. So then... So, yeah, the breakdown, I don't know, like, to flames, we lost... The backside of our house. Yeah, the backside of the house. And then... To the water, we lost, like, all of our kitchen, living room, dining room area, pretty much, because they soaked all of that with water. So, like, when we walked in, there was just drywall all over the floor that was sopping wet. Our couch was dripping yeah, we wet. Yeah, we can post more photos. Yeah, totally. Um, So, that, that was something that we lost, and then... The smoke is what gets you next. So then you start walking through and you realize there's basically like tar stuck on everything. So you you kind of just end up losing it all. Um, yeah, we had probably the furthest point away, um, way down in the basement, <laughs> there was like a lamp on a box and I went to move it and there was just a ring. A black. A black where I had been sitting. And we thought that it was completely like clean down there. Because the door had been shut. It just so gets everywhere. It gets everywhere. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I guess that's kind of like the most basic answer to how much did we lose. So. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then we lost. What was it? The day or the day after? Two days after? I had my forerunner with a trailer parked next to the house. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. And so I was moving some stuff. The, the wheels on the trailer. And the had wheels had melted. melted. So probably a mile down the road that exploded <laughs> and so it's like you gotta be kidding me you yeah. know right after the fire and then it's my, i'm dead on the side of the my road my mom and my sister and i and our, my new niece all drove to walmart like an hour and a half away to get to, like tracked or trailer tires and we were they were the wrong tires wrong tires it was just a struggle yeah, it was man a four hole. Yeah. i remember being so tired but all right next question <laughs> Yeah, enough about that. Um, what? Let's see. I'm not too good at reading. <laughs> <laughs> okay, what were you saddest to lose in the say, fire? Is my handwriting it, it's, bad? Yeah, it's kind of bad. What? what? It's bubbly. What were you saddest to lose in the fire? You first. You know, I think it's pretty cool that we live in the timing that we do for the simple fact that... We have everything digital. So I, I just, we, you know, we lost a lot of photos, but they're all digital. So all of our wedding photos, I remember your dad grabbed one of our wedding photos that you had given me for our first anniversary, I think, or maybe my first birth, or like our birthday, my birthday when we were married. Mm -hmm. um, you had gotten a huge print of one of our wedding photos and it was melted to the glass of the frame and then the frame had melted off around it so I, I remember like initially being kind of looking at that thinking well that's really sad that was a gift and it was our wedding photos but then I'm like honestly in the grand scheme of things it's not that sad because we have it on 
a hard drive. We can get it reprinted. We're alive. And that's really all I cared about. I I didn't feel like I was super sad about anything. I mean, I, I think I was just sad at the overall experience of it. And I remember walking back through our house for the first time and just feeling really overwhelmed. And I did cry, but I don't think that I was sad about any one specific thing. Yeah. And I'm pretty good at detaching emotionally if I need to. (laughs) No kidding. (laughs) Maybe it's the military. I don't know. But when we did go back and kind of set up those tents and wash buckets and everything. Yeah, I think we were both in pretty good spirits. Drying areas in our front yard. Um, Yeah, we just, it's like all of our possessions thrown in a way, trying to salvage it. Um, Yeah. I think another question was, um, what did you get to keep? also i mean we kept some stuff um a lot of it sat in the garage at our rental house there's a few major pieces of furniture that i was able to sand down and redo um some of our clothes we sent to the dry cleaner and they were able to kind of bomb your clothing for you and then i mean it's it's like a two-month process of them chemically bombing your clothing to get the scent out of it um and then what they couldn't salvage they made a list and we would send that off to insurance but there was not a whole lot that we managed to save, I would say, in the grand scheme of things. Yeah. Honestly, it's that smoke that gets you. Yeah, for sure. I think going back, the saddest thing that I think we lost was I had a really good friend. His name was Fred. Oh, and he was an <laughs> ivy plant. Our ivy plant, we bought that like right when we got married, I think. And this thing was super droopy. Super lush. Super lush. I loved it like my own kid. We loved Fred. And I know it's weird, but just get over it. And that Fred was burned (laughs) to a stake. Fred was right beside the double doors where the fire started and he was crispy. Yeah. Um, We do have Fred number two now. So, yeah, uh, we'll keep you posted on that. It's a good answer. All right. Next question. Is it me? I think it is me. It is you. What did you do at 2 a.m. with nowhere to go? We. Well, it wasn't 2 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So that's kind of like when the fire was. Um, but plus, like, it took the entire night. I mean, we sat out in our road forever. of our neighborhood until I think 545 or 6. Yeah, we sat out there. I was shirtless. It's ridiculous, to be honest with you. I was shirtless, and I can't. I had a pair of shorts on and no shoes. I think you were in your boxers. Yeah. And, and then the neighbor gave you some flip-flops and some sweatpants to wear. I don't wear. want to throw anybody under the bus, but let's just say emergency services gave me nothing. <laughs> and I was freezing. And I had a, we had a very sweet neighbor who came out, and she gave me her flip-flops. I was not freezing. I was dripping sweat, because that's where my adrenaline was, but... Um, what well, was the question again? Where did, what did we, oh, where did yeah. we do? So we, yeah, we waited out there for a while. We had to Eventually, write. yeah, we wrote our statements. The fire marshal. Interviewed both of us. Interviewed both of us separately. And then he took us through the house. Um, it was kind of weird. I do remember that. The, it was just like, you know, as things were getting kind of finished up with them checking the house, the firemen just kind of got in the truck and left. They didn't say anything to us. Yeah, they never spoke to us. And I remember thinking how odd that was. Um, the fire marshal approached us 
and said it was okay for us to go back in the house and to grab a bag of our belongings and that we would need to find a place to stay. So and that was it. That was it. That was about as far as we so got. So it was like, I just feel like we were two young kids and no one was there to help. <laughs> Holding our I mean, not no one was there to help us, but it's like no one was telling us what to do. Yeah. So we actually went to Waffle House. Yeah, we went to Wahoo. Um, and we went with our brother-in-law, Austin, and Robert's brother, Joe, and then my mom and dad. And we all went to Waffle House at 6.30 in the morning and kind of made a game plan. So... Joe and I went to Old Navy and banged on the doors to try and get some clothing, but they were closed, so we went over to Target, and I got Robert and I underwear, a shirt each, and a pair of shorts. That didn't fit. <clears throat> Sorry. I still remember that. Um, it's okay. I'll love you through it. Your body just changes sizes so much. It's true. Um, but anyways. I did lose like 50 pounds one summer. Yeah, you fluctuate. So anyways... That that was kind of where we we finished the morning, the night. Um, it was a Sunday morning, so then we headed over to Robert's sister's house, Jane, and um, we waited. We, we slept some. I, I really didn't sleep, but Robert did for about three hours, and we kind of just waited. Um, yeah, our for, pastor came. For, yeah, our pastor was amazing and came and blessed us, and our family um, came, and we just kind of had like a pizza lunch slash dinner and all just kind of sat around and loved on each other and cried and laughed and held each other and yeah, a lot of emotion um we ended up spending the next week and a half i think with my sister and brother-in-law um they were so kind and let us stay with them for two weeks before we could get into a rental house and yeah that was cool no yeah, questions asked just stay um so we stayed with them and then that was kind of like two weeks of figuring out insurance and stuff. So, yeah, that's from, you know, a pretty quick synopsis of what that next morning looked like for us. Do you have any more questions? No, I'm out. I'm out, too. Well, thanks for listening to our first Q&A, I guess, guys. Um, we hope that y'all submit more questions however you want to. We do have an email address. It's the um, we held it together podcast at gmail.com right now. So if you guys want to submit questions to that or if you want to just DM us on Instagram or um, yeah. Yeah. And if, if anything's like private, just let us know. We don't always have to share your questions no. or if it's more of a personal thing. Um, I would love to relate and encourage and do whatever I can. We also would love if anybody feels led to share their story um, and is at a place to do so, then we would love to have you on our podcast and let you kind of share your story and talk about God and all that cool stuff. So we yeah. hope that you guys tune in for some more episodes. We'll see you next week. Hey folks, real quick, I want to tell you about a need to have product for your home. The Auto Fire Guard or better known as AFG Fireball. This product performs better than a fire extinguisher or overhead sprinkler system. Ashton and I wish we had known about the Fireball prior to our house fire, but we sleep better now that we have one. Get yours today at quoradistribution.com. That's Q-U-O-R-A distribution.com. And use code HELDTOGETHER at checkout for your discount. Again, that's HELDTOGETHER. Hey guys, thanks so much for tuning in our episode this week. We hope you subscribe and give us that five-star review. 
We would like to thank Alex Mannering for our artwork and Audio Jungle for our music. The podcast was done by Robert and me. We'll see you next week.